All right. Hello. I'm going to read you an ex- excerpt? Yeah, an excerpt. Excerpt. Okay. Yeah. From, from a book. Okay. I'm just, I'm just going to read it. No, no, um, no context, no nothing. I'm just going to shotgun blast. For, I'm just going to read it. Okay, you oh, ready? Okay. Give me. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I can do this without fucking laughing. Her body was not particularly fit looking, but seemed bless, blessedly free of cellulite, shaved leg, a conservative and recent bikini wax. More bruises had risen to the surface, but they didn't conceal the fact that she was not possessed of an especially sexy body. I think I could do better, she thought. I won't be able to hit the level of hot, but I might be able to manage cute if I have a big enough budget or at least some makeup to work with. What the fuck? So, welcome to Men Writing Women. No. <laughs> no. So, so, we're going to go on this journey together. Uh, I think this is absolutely fucking hilarious because I love when men write women. And even when men, like, really try their best to, like, not, it's just it's just really hard. Because, um, you know, the Aversene uh, series that Gary's having me read? Yes. Or introduce me to? Yeah. It's a woman. It's a woman being written by a man. Right. Right. So it's, I think a lot of things that people don't pick up on, like, obviously, that was a very, like, a very strong, a very strong piece, right? Yeah, um, certainly. Yes. Right. So um, I was reading the Aberseen, the, the first book, and she found found the guy turned into wood on the front of the boat, right? Yes. And, he, yeah. and he's naked. Ooh. And yeah. I was like, oh, I, I know exactly where this is fucking going. And so he describes the, you know, the, the, the male gaze of the male body, right? Because that's how right, that fucking yeah. works. And I'm like, he's going to talk about his penis. He's going to talk about his penis. She's going to look at his, she's going to look at his penis and mm-hmm. talk about the shapeliness of it and get, and that's exactly what fucking happened. It's like, oh, she looked at his penis and blushed at the shape. It's like, ew. No, ew. Most, most women don't blush women- at those kinds of things either. They're just no. like, oh, it's a dick. Big deal. Yep. So whatever. <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. So I, I had some flashbacks. So I was like, we're going to read some more excerpts. So that was the first one. Ugh. Okay. Not, not that, right. one, that one. Was, okay. Her figure I saw following along after her was still marvelous. Becky had a f- <laughs> big butt. <laughs> Becky had, no, I got, had a fine, beautifully fleshed skeleton. Too wide in the Ew. hips, I've heard women say, but I've never heard a man say it. Beautifully what? fleshed skeleton. That is not something a man thinks. There is no... I've been married for a while. That is not a thing a man thinks. Zoe, you have a beautiful... I'm going to go to the bar and I'm going to approach a woman. I'm going to say, you have a beautifully fleshed skeleton. And I'm going to see how <laughs> like, far that gets me. I'd be like, okay, number one, you're either a med student or number two, you're a fucking psycho. <laughs> like, which one? <laughs> not the former. I can tell you that. What the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck says that? absolutely nobody nobody Nobody. says that that's not a thing it's like would as a man would you go up to a woman in a bar and say that no don't write it in a fucking book what is wrong with you that's that's not even like an like like a like 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 an interesting way to say like you're you're a very like well shaped person like that's not that's not even creative you have a very nicely fleshed skeleton (sighs) the way your meaty bits cover your bony (laughs) bits is really nice (laughs) it's not like what the fuck your meaty bits your meaty bits baby come here let me grab it what the fuck your giblets (laughs) (laughs) 
Those of you not watching the stream, Katie just took a big gulp of coffee. You did that to me on purpose, you bitch. <laughs> no, I didn't. I saw it afterwards. I was like, oh, no. Oh, sweet no. coffee everywhere on that one. Okay, next one. This one's fucked up. Oh, no. I don't even know how to say this name. Iome, Aomame mourned the deaths of these two friends deeply. It saddened her to think that these women were forever gone from the world, and she mourned their lovely breasts, breasts that had vanished without a trace. She mourned their breasts? Is yes. that what that says? Yep. It's a chick mourning her friend's breasts. Um, I, I want to <laughs> when you <laughs> when you die, and I give my eulogy, uh-huh. I'm going to be like, the one thing that I miss about Zoe is... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> is her boobs. Them titties. I miss them titties. Them titties. Jesus Christ. <sighs> so, so flesh, so beautifully fleshed skeleton titties. What? what? <sighs> I, there, there is no reality in which one woman would think about another like, oh, I'm, I miss their breasts. Not, oh, I miss their personality. Oh, I miss them as a person. Like, there is a person-shaped hole in my heart. Like, what? No, There's a titty-shaped titty hole in my heart. <laughs> I set myself up for that one. Shit. <laughs> Uh, it's just what the fuck i'm sorry even as a lesbian the last thing that i would think of is man i miss their titties like unless they're like titties but like even then what the fuck no that might be like an afterthought to make yourself laugh because they would think it's funny right like not right yeah like the person who died would think it's funny and like you would think that and be like nah they'd think that was really fun like not the first thought, man, I'm gonna miss those titties. But even as these two, like two friends, it's not even they're not lovers. Yeah, two friends. She mourned their lovely breasts. No, no I that's just a dude's excuse to try and make porn that's not porn. Pretty much. All right, you ready for this one? This one was like, what the mm. fuck? <clears throat> I suck at reading, so forgive me. You're doing great. I'm trying. But she was for the bathroom door. Did it? altogether closed due to the old frame of the house settling over the centuries and she had to sit on the toilet some minutes waiting for the pee to come men they were able to conjure up immediately that was one of their powers that thunderous splashing as they stood lordly above the bowl everything about them was more direct their insides weren't the maze women's were for the pee to find its way through and end scene the urethra in men is actually longer than it is in women, I number know. one. There's no fucking maze, what the fuck? <laughs> number two, standing up to pee is really bad for your prostate and can actually cause strain and problems later on in life for men. Yep. Um, so, nothing about that is lordly. <sighs> that, uh, no. How, f- how fragile is your masculinity that you have to write that to pee is a lordly thing? Like... I, You're I don't, I don't even know if it's, pee. like, a, a masculinity thing. I, like, well, I mean, I guess it is because they're, like... It's more direct. Counterpointing, like, <laughs> men over women in this particular example. But just, why? I'm... I'm... Why Why are... Why is everybody allowed to publish a book? I guess that's <laughs> my next question. Like, hmm. Should be... It should be hmm. fucking screened for this shit. Yeah. I don't... I don't get it. Um, This is wild. This is a time... Yeah, and it's always funny when it's like, yeah, like this next, huh. this this next one. I'm just gonna read this next one. Okay. Oh Jesus. Despite the lack of real exercise, my figure was intact. My breasts were firm, full, 
shapely, helping to form this hourglass figure that was still quite evident when I wore my nurse's uniform. My stomach was flat. I had the legs of a ballet dancer. Gravely ill men still looked at me. My nurse's uniform. What? I can tell you, when a a nurse goes to work, they don't give a shit how they look. They're just worried about... They're just worried if the fucking nurse's scrubs fit them well enough. Yeah, it, are these pants going to fall off? Do I have to pull them up? Like, that's all they give a shit about. Like, did all my right. pants fit? Cool, we're good to go. Let's go. Like, no, nobody wants to look good in a nurse uniform unless they're, like, dating a doctor. Like, no, nobody cares. Also, my cat's going shit wild in the back room. Um, <laughs> can we talk about how it, your, your hourglass shape is more in your hips than your boobs? No, it's supposed to be, like, an even distribution like, there oh, for, like, okay, your true hourglass. I, I always thought hourglass was just more in your hips than it was. I don't know. Okay, guess, guess never mind. So, eh, I'm just, I'm <laughs> blown away. Like, and even then, like, of course, a man, like, my grandpa's a prime example of this because he's from, like, a previous generation. He was born in, like, the 20s. Um, when he was very ill and dying... Um, or just whenever he ended up in the doctor's office or like anywhere, he would like flirt with the nurses because that was something for him that he was like, this is friendly. This is cute. It wasn't, but like he thought it was, and they were, they were fine with it. They were sweet. But like, why, why, why? Um, Why? I don't like these. No, I don't like these either. But I also, I also want to like, my stomach was flat. Yeah. Anatomically, a woman's stomach cannot really be flat because you know no. organs yeah we have a uterus that like pushes out and then correct. we have a fat deposit over the uterus to protect it correct it's supposed to be there yeah yeah that's totally normal and totally fine yeah like i have a super yeah. flat stomach but it's only there like as soon as i wake up in the morning and then use the bathroom and then it's super flat right. and then uh, then it's food baby time and it's okay correct because i'm happy yeah. and healthy and yeah the fuck as you should be silly. okay so we'll go out we'll, we'll 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 i'll give you one more uh this These person are it, wild yes uh those were real those were real those were actually 100 percent in a book <laughs> really yes oh, i thought that pi- they were just like the, those shitty like i published my own thing to kindle no like, those were actual pages pictures of pages that people like captured and posted on uh reddit's uh Oh, our slash men writing women. But this one was mm. so this last excerpt is somebody making fun of that. So let me. this is the one that I scream laughed at. Okay. Confident in my ability to properly tennis, I take the court. I smile at my opponent. Serena does not return the gesture. She'd be prettier if she did, I think. She serves. The ball passes cleanly through my skull, killing me instantly. You know, that one was almost a better story. <laughs> that one was almost better. <laughs> wow. Uh, I we live in a time because like some some of my favorite authors are female because they have the ability to write a realistic male character as well as realistic female characters. Correct. Because unlike what I imagine the male brain to be like, um, she like they don't write them as just, oh, man, look at look at that one. Look at this one. Look at that. Ha. I'm better than that, man. Like, oh. What a weird time to be alive. It, it's interesting, well, to say the least. Wow. But you want to know what is interesting? What? Ghost stories. Woo! Um, flip coin? Coin flip? Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. All right, what do you want? Uh, heads. Okay. Are you on sure? Heads. Yes. I'm hoping that my my bet takes. Nope. We'll see. I go first. I'm Damn so it. Sorry. Okay. That's fine. Okay. All right. So if you like what you, if you like this weird bullshit that we bring to your ears. <laughs> Every fucking week, and you want to keep keep getting the bullshit. Uh, <clears throat> be sure to head on over to Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/HauntHerBarelyKnowHer. We have two tiers. We have the uh, five dollar investigator tier, where you get um, a shout out on the podcast. You get access to closest friends on Instagram, and then there's the seven dollar tier, which is the medium tier. You get access. You get all that in the five dollar tier. Then you get access yes. to our notes and bonus episodes that are cover high strangeness topics, which are and a pretty- sticker. Oh, you got a sticker. God, I always, yeah. I was like, I just remembered the sticker. It's okay. the sticker. Thank you. We have plenty of stickers. They're four by four stickers. They're huge. They're so cool. And they're pretty. They're yeah, really they're nice. actually, they're really nice. Like, they're durable. Like, they're not shit stickers. They're sticker yeah. mule stickers. They're great stickers. Very sticky. Oh, my God. Stickers. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to go first. All right. So, okay, tell me. <laughs> shut the fuck. <laughs> huh, okay. Today, I will be covering I, Katie Groves. We'll be covering. Yes. Barn stable house. That is redundant. Barn stable. I really hate that you pointed that out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that doing the notes. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you can have other animals than horses in a barn, a but barn a stable's stable. pretty like, you know. I didn't think or- about that. That is stupidly redundant. Okay. That's okay. That's fine. All right. So it's the barn stable house or, or eloquently known as the house with 11 ghosts. Oh, I like stable, stable house, though. Better. Stable, stable house. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! I can't. No, I know. Never changed. So, uh, spoiler alert, uh, even though it says <clears throat> there's 11 ghosts, I only got seven. Damn. That's okay. Is, that's more than which, one. Yes, right. So, it's really obnoxious because the sidekick went in there and was like, there's 11 spirits here, but there's only, like, actually seven recorded. Oh. Which is obnoxious. Well. So, here we go. All right, so... Uh, stable Stable House is located in Stable Stable Mass. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh my God. So like the whole place is named Barn Stable? Yeah. The whole, the wow. whole, the whole town is named Barn Stable. Jesus, get it together, Massachusetts. What's your, what's going I on? I don't know. No, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Um, <sighs> okay. So so the house got named Bar- Barn Stable House, and then it's in mm-hmm. Barn Stable, Massachusetts. It's in Cape Cod. Okay. Okay. Um, remind me when we get, or if we probably won't, but hopefully I'll remember when we get to talking about the, the tavern, which I think is just weird. Uh, in, in 1716, a man by the name of James Payne, uh, who is the grandfather to Robert Treat Payne. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to say Thomas Payne. I got really excited. No, Sorry. but this guy was also the signer of the Declaration of Independence. Yay! Yeah, so uh, grandfather to the guy who signed the the... Hell yeah! The, the 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 thing that did the thing, right? Um, yeah, yeah. He he built he built this um, wonderful homestead, right? Uh, in in the colonial times, it was often a common practice to build houses over rivers. <laughs> okay, okay. Which, as we all know, flowing water, ghosts, oh, demons, demons, shit. Okay, right. Uh, but however, the 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 river could be accessed through the basement, which was really cool. So like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, so you can also keep stuff cold putting it in the river, right? Yeah, and then also like get water yeah. for the house in your basement. So nice. Yeah, so they they did. That's how they got their water for the house was from the river in the basement. The house, cool fun fact, was built from one tree 
in another part of Massachusetts. I'm not even going to attempt to say the name of that town. So the house was like built in three portions using mm-hmm. one apparently giant ass tree um, somewhere else in Mass. And then it was sailed to the location that it's in in nice. 1713 in three pieces. And That's they cool. The, they, then they put the three pieces together. And that is the house that you see today. There's only like one addition added onto the house. Otherwise, it's still the same thing. That's really cool. That's pretty neat. So uh, the house sits three stories tall plus the basement. So one, two, three floors, and then a basement. And the basement. Wow. Okay, that's a big old house. Yes. So the first floor, as usual, has like uh, the common rooms, entertainment rooms, kitchen, blah, blah, blah. Second room is dedicated to the bedrooms. And then the third floor is just an open attic. Not oh, really cool. Anything. Yeah, Storage, not anything. maybe? That's weird. Probably. I mean, attics usually you put like the Christmas shit and the Halloween shit up there. And I don't know. And I guess seasonal. if you're like drawing food, you'd probably put it up there because it's like the roof. It's going to be the warmest place. Oh, yeah. That's, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. So while the Payne family lived there, uh, a little girl by the name of Lucy Payne was said to live in the house. I don't know if it was their kid. The history on this place kind of sucked. So I was like trying Fair. to spitball, put things together. Um, girl by the name of Lucy Payne was in the house. Obviously, her last name's Payne. So. Some some relationship there. Uh, rumor has it she was playing with a ball in the basement. Okay. And her, her ball fell into the opening where it opens up to the spring under the house. No. She went after the ball and drowned, which is quite unfortunate. So she, she passed. Fuck. Uh, she comes back. She's actually, she's cool. She, she comes back. So uh, once James Payne passed away, his wife only inherited, weirdly, one half of the house and then one half of the land underneath the house that she inherited. So she only got, like, the west wing of the house. Okay. I mean, I would prefer, like, the whole house as right. to just a wing. But, but, you know. But women couldn't own own shit back then. So oh. That was, yeah. So probably the only loophole to where she got the house. So uh so after the pains they sold it i don't know who sold but they were just like done with it so this but this man by the name of edmund hawes purchased the house uh he, he yeah he ended up investing all of his money into the continental currency oh at the start of the war of independence so oh yep so obviously we know how well that went yeah um mm-hmm. so when he uh, something along the lines of he invested his money into that currency and then obviously it went to shit and then he lost all of his fortune. Another thing was is that somebody bought the house from him in continental mm. currency, which was his whole investment was in the house. So when he got that currency for, for the house, lost all of his yeah. money. And then uh, either, either way, either way, he um, uh, he uh, he unalived himself using a tree on the property. Okay. Yeah, so that'll he, do it. Yep, he uh, he checked out. He uh, was like, nah, I'm good. So uh, now comes this guy named Dr. Samuel Savage. He is a physician and a surgeon. His wife is named Hope, and they bought the house after Hawes. Uh, the dude was kind of a weirdo and a bit of a pick-me. Oh. Um, apparently, he had, like, this really weird just complex to whenever a stagecoach would pass by, he would get up on a big rock and... And then with, like, a pompous tone, identify himself as a surgeon and a physician. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what that guy's problem is. However, what a guy. Um, he also performs seances in the house. Of course. On, like, the low low. Um, apparently, he did a lot of stuff in the basement and the fireplace. Interesting. Very All right. interesting. Yes, yes. So uh, he did that. Just, you know, keep that in mind for later. Um, after his death in... 
that's not a number. 1830-something. I put, I, I put I put 183. Whoops. That, <laughs> That's no. not a digit. Uh, their daughter, Hope Savage Saw, inherited the house. She married a man, uh, Chief Justice Samuel Shaw, which apparently is just a big to-do. He was a Chief Justice of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. Ooh. So apparently their Massachusetts family was... Massachusetts Court. Yeah, pretty pretty famous. Also, like that's something that the website for the Barnstable House has loves to claim is that... Um, Hope, this woman that we're talking about, yeah, uh, she proclaimed that she was the stepmother-in-law to the author of Moby Dick, supposedly <gasps> Herman Melville. We're related to him. Are you really? Yes. Yeah, the yeah. Milton side, like, a whole crazy thing happened with Herman Melville after he wrote the book, and he changed his name to Knowlton and moved here. Yeah. Like, oh. south. That's, That's crazy. weird. That's, That's wild. Cool. Okay. Fun fact. Small <laughs> world, I guess. Um, so he apparently wrote portions of the book while staying at the Barnstable house. Oh, interesting. Isn't that neat? Huh. Small world. That's kind of cool. Small world. Okay. So Hope Hope sold the house in 1832 to Abner Davis. I don't Abner. know what happened. Abner. A-A-B-N-E-R. Abner. What a name. What a name. Those names Ooh. in the 1800s. You know what I mean? Uh, he passed in 1839. I guess he, he lived in the house for seven years. Mm. And then eventually it passed to his son, Adolphus Davis. <laughs> well, how are Adolphus Adolphus Davis. Davis. Oh. Yep. Okay. Um, Adolphus was a ship owner in Boston. And, of course, because of this, he, he, he knew some peeps. He was he was in on, on some, you know, knowing people. Uh, one of these people was Captain John Gray, which he's kind of a big deal. He was, like, in the British Army for – British uh, Navy, Royal Navy for a little bit, apparently, okay. for, like, several, several years. So he was kind of a big deal. Um, apparently, there are other notable sea captains that hung around the house and are still sometimes spotted in the house. Well. So, so fancy, fancy sea captains are spotted in the house. I do like fancy sea captains. Very fancy. Okay. Uh, so sometime in the 1900s, it opened up as a bed and breakfast, though it is noted that it opened up in the 1900s. However, we're going to talk about ghosts that are in co- colonial clothing doing mm. bartending services which makes no fucking sense i have no idea um so this place went through a number of different names like um the 1716 house the old jail house the sign of the blue lantern oh andrea I mean, that's a cool name yeah that's actually kind of cool andrea doria in captain gray's and ultimately the name has settled to the barn stable house Okay, well, I mean, all of those other names are cooler than Stable Stable House, but, you know, that's okay. Or Barn Barn. Barn Barn. We call it Barn Barn, too. Stable Barn. <laughs> all right, okay. So, though the fire started on the third floor in the 70s and burnt a good bit, bit of the building, uh, oh. so the bed and breakfast moved to the other house. Moved to another house down the street. Okay, so the house, this house, is called yes. the Barn Stable House. The bed and breakfast is called Barnstable Restaurant and Tavern. Okay. Okay. When they moved, they took the name and just moved to another house. So the Barnstable Restaurant and Tavern is not in the Barnstable house anymore. That's the quirky, funny thing I wanted to tell you. That's really dumb. Yep. I mean, they could have gone like all original and called it the, the, 
bed and bed house. <laughs> <laughs> the bed and bed tavern. The you bed and bed first. <laughs> you need to work uh, in, in uh, marketing for some... Uh, I probably could. I mean, my humor is dumb enough that I feel like all the kids sh- would flock to me i was gonna great. say you probably appeal to the to the gen z's with oh 100 your... yeah 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 some absolutely. of the millennials and the gen z's like the gen xers would just be like that's fucking stupid what's wrong with you and then <laughs> yeah, anybody that... older than that it just wouldn't be good no but, I you know but they're gonna die soon it doesn't matter so anyways <laughs> got them uh, so the house <laughs> currently sits as a commercial building uh usually i guess law offices is what the website oh, said though you interesting. can still yeah you can still tour and do ghost tours there's a there's a paranormal team that does that on the in the afternoons after the offices close fancy okay you ready for the you ready for the hauntings yeah yeah because that was that was all the history that was all that i got because there was really nothing out there so i was like okay okay i'm cool with that tell me about the seven out of eleven ghosts seven out of eleven ghosts seven eleven ghosts so the first one we got is lucy the 10 year old that drowned lucy Payne. yeah lucy Payne. okay so this is pretty cool uh while the place was a restaurant in in the barn barn house, not when it yeah. moved down the street. Yeah. Uh, she would be reported several times, multiple times, skipping in the dining room. She just no. skipped, skipped through the tables. She would also really like to unexpectedly appear in front of patrons to scare the shit out of them. <laughs> and she also just really wanted to play ball. That's awesome. Uh, other times she is seen with the blue ball in other parts of the house. Okay. So she just really liked the ball that fell in the water. So, I mean, that's fair. So I have a question. I have an answer. Since it's potentially used as law offices now, does that mean that she like pops up in front of like people coming, like clients for the lawyers? Because that would be so funny. I haven't got any stories about clients, but I do have a story about a lawyer in the office. Yes. But not with Lucy. I'm so sorry. That's fine. Okay. Um, At least I think I wrote it down. Yes, yes, that's the last story. Okay. Okay, perfect. Um, after the fire... Oh, no, so you can go in the basement and play ball with her. Okay. So right. apparently, I'm down. Yeah, apparently some investigators went down there and she would roll the ball around for them. Just do so, not put it in the water or I'll be real upset. She yeah, would probably like, be too. close the fucking door for that. Um, yeah. After the fire, the restaurant tavern moved down, moved down the street, but they took the furniture with them, right? That's so mean. Okay. Uh, when they did, it's theorized that Lucy attached herself to one of the pieces of furniture and started to show up in the new tavern down the street. Oh, okay. So apparently, like, it was just there, when they moved out of the building, it, it sat vacant for a little while. So I'm yeah. like, a lot of people are like, why would a ghost child want to stay in an empty building? So she, I, mean, I guess, yeah, yeah, moved with them. Um, now, currently, she is seen in both places because the. It's a little bit more active in the in the barn stable house, so she's seen Spicy. both. Yes. However, at the new shop, uh, Lucy was apparently pestering a staff member so badly, the staff member yelled at her and told her to stop and that it was not playtime at the moment. Lucy did actually disappear for a decent amount of time, but eventually did come back. That's so sad. Don't be mean like, to the ghost. Like, I mean, I... I get it because like the balls moving around or like shit's happening and you're just trying to get your stuff done. You're rolling your fucking like napkins full of silverware. You're just trying to get it done. And there's like a ball hits you and you're like, no, man, I got to do this. So like, I get it. She keeps appearing in front of you and scaring the shit out of you. Yeah. And you drop all your silverware you just rolled. Right. I mean, that'd be pretty bad. I'd be upset too. So like, I get it. 
Yeah, thank you for painting that super specific situation. You're of welcome. Rolling, sil- rolling silverware and ghost children. Yeah, it's just what popped into my head. So here we are. Okay, ghost children and silverware. You know. <laughs> uh, EVPs uh, have captured a little girl's laughter at both places. Gross. So there's like proof that she's there at both places. So, uh, of course, with uh, this child drowning, you have the distraught mother, right? So this is ghost number two. Lucy's okay. mother, at, for some, I guess, went to like a mental uh, break and was hopeful that her daughter would still come back. That's maybe so they sad. Maybe they didn't find her body. Maybe like she washed away and then I don't really know about the details. So uh, <sighs> she apparently just would start rocking back and forth in her chair. Yeah. And that was just like her thing that she did after that. To this day, the chair is sometimes seen rocking on its own. Yeah. And an investigation team called the New England Society Society of Paranormal Investigations caught an EVP of a woman humming softly in the attic. So that's ghost that's number so two. That's so sad. Yeah. Ghost number three is the dude Edmund Hawes, who checked himself out of this existence on the property. Yep. Um, those who are sensitive can still sense Hawes and his feelings that he had when he left. And sometimes he is seen from the outside in the attic part of the house through the windows. And okay. he's seen nowhere else in the house except for the attic. Interesting. Okay. Yep. So there's that. Uh, number four. Oh, this is a great story. This is great. This is great. Buckle up. Gimme. There's there's a woman who is most seen in the house known as Martha. She's the most active spirit. That's my mom's name. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not your mom. Uh, unless she, <laughs> True. Uh, unless she wears a white flowing dress that has a neck collar and then like really long blonde hair. No. No? No. Doesn't describe your mom? Okay. Well, that's no. this. That's what this. She, she has a white flowing dress uh, okay. that like 1800s like goes like High covers collar. your neck yeah because like you yeah. know men can't control them vampires actually oh. yeah that's the real reason <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> um she and it's noted that she likes to glide rather than walk oh, i don't like that she roller skates gl- weren't a thing yet <laughs> so she she does she floats around and shit um so the, the fire that broke out in the 1970s, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, there's two versions of a story of what went down that day involving this woman. Okay. So the first story goes that when the firefighters first came out to put put the fire out, the, the fire broke out in the attic. So it was in the top mm-hmm. one, right? Three of them claimed to, to have seen her ass in the third story window. No. Which was on fire. So... They all run up there to go get her. Like, what is this woman standing in the save window the for? Save the lady, yeah. Right, save the lady, right? So, and to no one's surprise, except for the firefighters, she was not there. She wasn't a lady, nor was she there. Apparently, eyewitnesses saw her after after they ran up there, right? Okay, eyewitnesses saw her floating in the front yard for several minutes, Awesome. So Before. she was just like, hey, come get me. And then they go get her and she's like, get fucked. Nope. Yep. Ha Not even in there. Rude. What a dick. <laughs> get fucked. <laughs> That's so mean. Yes. I thought that was actually really funny that they ran up there and she's like, nope, just get in the yard. I, I can handle myself. Um, I'm fine. I don't need you. I don't need Just men. trick you into the into the fire burning building. It's fine. It's Everything's Ugh. fine. So the second story is, is that after they all run up there to find the source of the fire, they don't see mm. her in the window. They're just up there trying to put the fire out, right? A woman appears with them 
and starts asking them supposedly odd questions. They just oh. didn't make sense. So um, they kind of were like hyped up in the moment. I'm sure they told her to get out of the building. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, so they go on their merry way to do firefighters things, whatever firefighters do. <laughs> I guess assuming fighting fight fires. I think it's in the name. Yeah. I think it's I think it's self-explanatory <laughs> at this point. Um, they were the only ones that saw her in the house. Okay. When, in, in this story, so um, when they do their business of whatever firefighters do in buildings that are on fire, uh, they left the building and then they were kind of like doing like a like a mental like let's talk about what happened. They yeah. realized what was off about the woman. Okay. And when she was moving around the men, she was gliding not walking gross no yeah okay Um, i don't like that yeah they didn't they didn't realize it at the time however after the fire she was seen floating across the street to the beechwood inn and she now is seen at both places gross what is it about like high stress into like this fire just allowed two ghosts to like leave the premises where they were and go somewhere else what, why? I don't know. Gross. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So that's that's what happened. I don't know. I guess ghosts can just leave. I mean, I guess when it's like, well, there's going to be a lot of people in my place now. I guess I'm going to go over here. I don't know. Let's. I don't know. It just it disrupts it disrupts the energy. It disrupts the chi. Like it like that's that's just all it's got to be. Yeah. <sighs> something something weird. A little woo woo. I guess. Yeah. But also, I love the fact that she wasn't transparent yeah she was solid and she's not she's not the only ghost that's solid in this house yeah because they thought that she was a lady like a A, real lady a real life lady with voluptuous uh um fleshy skeletons right yeah oh yeah she had such a fleshy skeleton they thought she was real that's what it was yeah yeah, right they thought that uh she had she had giblets you know like she had the goods the meaty bits Yeah. yeah The meaty parts, you know. What the what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm gonna compliment Gary later and say, "Hey, I really like the way your flesh shuttles on your skeleton." Just to see what happens. He, he probably say, oh, thank you. <laughs> Knowing him, he's probably gonna be like, "Thanks, yeah," because he knows it's me. So we'll see. Yeah, he just whatever. <laughs> I'll report next week. <laughs> All right. So the next ghost, the uh, ghost number five. Okay is Captain Graves. So he is one of the captains Ooh. during the, the, the Captain C person. Yeah. Al- Adolphus the, the Captain person. time. Captain time. The Tom's. guy with the ships. Yes. Uh, he, he's, he hung around in the house back in the day, and he is still seen in the house. No one knows how he died. No one knows where he died. Cool. But he, he's still in the barn barn house. Uh, he is seen full-bodied, uh, uniform and all, in the basement. And he is considered to be very grouchy and very cranky. Same, though. But, yeah, same. At <laughs> 10 o'clock in the fucking morning and having to record. Uh, so he, as the Richard uh, that he is, also likes to slam doors and scare people. Hard. That is my kind of ghost. No, what? I'm a spook you. Please don't be a dick. I can't help it. I know. I'm also old and grumpy, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. You're two years older than me. Shut up. Oh, my God. (laughs) So the sixth ghost in the house is a male colonial tavern servant. So as I said, the tavern started in the 1800s, but apparently there are ghost servers in the the house when when the restaurant was there. Well, I mean, like servants, I imagine. Like it could have just been like a servant that was serving food or serving drinks or whatever. Yeah, you're probably right. 
Yeah, you're probably right. That could that could probably be what it is. Um, so this this guy, and apparently there's a couple more, maybe okay. like one or two more. So maybe that's like you know, ghost eight and nine. But I'm still missing like two two ghosts. Um, he's so real passing. Mm-hmm. Again, a solid figure. Um, people would just assume that he's dressed in a quirky uniform, working for the tavern, and he would go yeah, up and serious. start talking to people. That's cool. I bet he uh, had, like, the accent of the time, too. And they were like, wow, this guy's a really good actor. This is really good. Like, we can't understand <laughs> We need what to he's tip saying. him extra. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, you can't you can't tell he's not fake, right? You yeah. think he's a real deal. He's solid, right? Uh, you can see his outfit clearly. Uh, very distinguishable. Yeah. And he's also seen carrying a tray with tankards on top. Hell, yeah. That's the only no. way to get beer. Yeah, not mugs, tankards. Hell yeah. Uh, There's also, and as I said, there's other other colonial servers in the house during the time that it was a restaurant and tavern. Yeah. Right. That's kind of crazy. Kind of fucked up. I don't like the fact that they're solid. I don't. I'm wondering if it's maybe the presence of the water that keeps them so solid because other places that don't have like a river underneath it don't have that kind of solidity to their figures right so i'm wondering if uh yeah that provides the energy for them to really manifest that hard potentially yeah Yeah. and like the servers what if they don't know they're dead they're just doing their job that's so that's so awful that's sad okay uh spirit number seven okay final final spirit this is a story that you wanted this is the they just call her the lady of the house okay there's there's no who she is no i guess she was a woman that lived in the house i don't know um, so now that the ho- the ha- pa- pa- pa house has offices, a lawyer working in the house saw and heard the latch of his door open. Oh, that's rude. Right. So he's now looking at the door, heard it, saw, and then what came through his door was a woman cal- calmly walking through with a hatchet in hand. Oh, 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 awesome. Hey, lady, what's up? So I'm sure that spooked him a little bit. However, back in the day, uh, you know, you you could do chores with a hatchet, like, you know, killing your livestock for food, or you could either either be uh, getting some tinder for the firewood, for the the fire, wood wood, wood for the fire. There we go. Yeah. So. I mean, that's fair, but also. But also. Ah, lady with a hatchet. Right. So in the 21st century, a lady with a hatchet. What do you no. ma'am? Very bad. Very <laughs> right. bad. Um, so the same lawyer saw the same woman again churning butter by the fireplace. Oh, that's cool. That's Have you ever churned butter? Sweet. It fucking sucks. Butter. No. Butter. It sucks. <laughs> sucks Thank a you. lot. I, I put I put butter in my notes so you would say it like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I went to it like a like a little homestead place and they were like, hey, do you want to know how to churn butter? And I went, sure. And they went, okay, sit here for three hours. And I went, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. So we all took turns and it we ate our butter at the end of the thing. And it was not good. It was it was okay. It was okay. It was, it not was like worth great it. butter. It, it wasn't worth three hours of effort, but. That's because you got to put like that chive. You got to put a little salt in it. Like you got to well, put yeah. like a little bit of garlic in it. Yeah. Like actually, like here. my I actually still have like a butter mold that my mom's mom's mom used. Like Jesus, yeah. Like it's it's this, this just this little wooden thing, and it's like a little press on the top, and it puts this cute pattern on it. Weird times. 
Weird times. I, okay, I, didn't, I didn't know there were. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I just want to know who's out here eating just plain old ass butter. Gross. Okay. Ass butter, nobody. What did you say? Ass butter? Because you said, who's eating plain, plain old ass butter? <laughs> I didn't realize when I said that. Okay. Anyways, uh, that is that is Barn Barn, Massachusetts, okay. the, the Barn Barn house. Um, okay. Well, how can they call it Barn Stable House? I don't know. You should call it Stable Barn House so everybody knows that it's not going to fall apart. But, you know, whatever. I've <laughs> been wanting to make that one for a while. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, moving right along. Hello, Twisted Humans. Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cult, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. We're bringing the most intense stories that will keep you up at night. Join us every Tuesday for a glass of wine and a dose of true crime. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted and Uncorked. This is mid-roll of the, of the podcast, and this is when we give shout-outs to our newest Patreon members. However, we do not have any new Patreon members today, and that is okay. So, if you want to uh, get a shout-out on our podcast... Did you seriously get your hair stuck in your glasses? Yeah. <laughs> they don't even have the shitty nose pieces, so I don't know how that happened. <laughs> oh, my God. So... If you want to get a shout out on our, on our episode, please be sure to head on over to Patreon to do that. And if you want to support us in any other way, shape, form, or possible, please, if you're listening to us on iTunes, submit a review and some ratings for us. And yeah. if you're on, God, it's too early in the morning for me Spotify, to Spotify, oh hit the Spotify, follow button, smash that follow button, and then and then anywhere else you're listening to us, please be sure to do the thing. Yeah, do the thing, please and thank you. Cool. Yeah. Okay, Zoe Knowlton, tell me what uh, oh, what your topic is. Mine is a, a fun time. Yeah, you're you're excited to tell me yours. So tell me tell me yours. I'm excited. So this is this week is going to be the Morris Jumel Mansion. Jamel, however you say it. I don't know. I'm not French. <laughs> so this this place is located at 65 Jamel Terrace, New York, New York. Huh, fancy. So this oh, this whole oh, story. Oh, so what? we're like we're like we're like in New York. Yeah, like yeah. New York. Like like yeah. Concrete jungles. Yeah. Dreams. Before before it was a concrete jungle. Oh, okay. Like way before. So oh. th- this this story I actually chose because number one, the Fourth of July just passed, and our country turned two hundred and forty five. We're very young still, but two forty five. That's our year. Damn. What's up? Also, this whole story is for any fans of Hamilton. If you're around, please enjoy. There's going to be uh, a lot of a lot of fun stuff in here, and I'm really excited about it. I actually been listening to the whole soundtrack this morning, so let's go. Nerd. Yeah, it's great. It still hurts uh, my feelings. You haven't seen it, but it's okay. <laughs> so, this mansion was completed in 1765. So this house is actually older than the United States of America. Uh, it was completed as a summer home for a British co- uh, colonel named Roger Morris with his wife and family. It was built on approximately 135 acres of land that stretched from, allegedly, the Harlem River to the Hudson River. So Damn. Big space, right? Yeah. The house sits between now what is 155th and 165th streets in New York City. That's so many streets. Yes. Yeah. It's not the whole 135 uh, acres anymore. It's, it's quite a few less, but we'll get to why that is. Okay. So they named the estate Mount Morris because, of course, Morris was their last name and, you know, do what you got to do, right? 
Right. Be fancy. And it was situated on one of the highest points of Manhattan. So it offered a clear view all the way to New Jersey, all the way to Connecticut, and all of the New York Harbor. So, like, big place. Fun fun fact, when I was headed home from Connecticut uh, last week, Mm -hmm. I saw the Statue of Liberty. Ooh. Have you ever been to it? I floated by it. We did not stop. Oh. So I haven't been there. And I think it was closed also. That's what they were doing repairs on it at the time. Yeah. Okay, fair. So, yeah, we floated past it. And it was like, oh, that's really fucking big. And then, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to go in the Washington Monument because they were doing um, repairs on it when I went. So. Spider-Man. They were doing yeah. Spider-Man at the Washington Monument. Yeah, that too. <laughs> when, when, when we went, um, uh, Kevin and his friend, uh, when we were walking around, uh, Kevin's friend was like, I swear to fucking God, if I hear a kid say, did you know Spider-Man was filmed here? She's like, I'm going to lose it. We get, to the, <laughs> we get to the Lincoln Memorial and we thought we were going to make it out without hearing it. As we're walking down the stairs, this kid goes, did, did you know that Spider-Man was recorded at the, at the, and she was like, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> that's so cute though that that kid's like i know something and i'm gonna tell everybody yeah that's cute so no if you ever go there you'll probably hear a kid say did you know spider-man okay go ahead that's great though okay i live for that all right so mount morris wasn't just a, a beautiful summer retreat right they also had it as a working farm so they had fruit trees cows sheeps and then like crops i don't know why i said sheeps with an s it's sheep (laughs) Here we are. I just wanted to call myself out. So when the Revolutionary War broke out in 1776, the Morris family, since he was a British soldier, uh, abandoned it because it's right in the middle of where they were like, hey, this is our jam. So from... Yes, do you have an answer? A question? Yes. I have a statement. Yeah, what's up? I I keep calling it the War of Independence and it's called the Revolutionary War because I'm fucking stupid. That's okay. I mean, they both were, right? I mean, your average American doesn't know the difference, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. I I know it's called the Revolutionary War. Yeah. I don't know why I keep calling it the War of Independence. <laughs> is that even I don't a know fucking either. war? Jesus. No. Okay. <laughs> no, you it said isn't. that. I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. What is wrong with me? Okay. I took, it is what I it took, is. It's fine. I took AP history, IB history, and I'm still... Oh, this is going to be a really fun episode for you because I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Hit me. So, so right. Revolutionary War. 1776, we're a country, yay. So from September 14th of 1776 to October 21st of 1776, General George Washington and his uh, Continental officers occupied this house as their headquarters. So when I say Continental officers, I mean like James Madison, um, like those those individuals who happened to just just so happened to sign the Declaration of Independence. Those fellows. Those those guys. Right, those guys. Okay. So the views from Mount Morris made the location strategically ideal for observing troop movements, and General Washington used this to his advantage to actually plan his first successful victory on September sixteenth, so two days after he moved into there as his like chilling spot, uh, during the Battle of Harlem Heights. Dope. Yeah, so since we mentioned the Declaration of Independence twice now in this episode, I just wanted to throw out a really fun fact that have have you ever heard like an older person say like I'm going to give you my John Hancock like when they give their signature? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the reason that they do that is because John Hancock was a 
kind of a prick. Like, he was really very, like, pompous of a person. So he signed his signature as big as he possibly could on the Declaration of Independence. Yes. Yes. Because every time I look at that, I was like, who is the (laughs) asshole that signed their name that fucking big? Yes. Yeah. So uh, people use it as, like, I'll give you my John Hancock because it's so important. Like, he was so important. So I always thought that was kind of fun. Not a lot of people know that now. No, absolutely not. So thank you for, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fun. Another fun fact. Here's oh, where the geez. Hamilton stuff comes in. Uh, the second act of Hamilton, um, there's a song called Cabinet Battle, right? So okay. that scene actually took place for real in this home in the front room. So they had the conversation of, okay, well, Alexander Hamilton wants us to have like a national bank. That's stupid. He wants us to take on the national debt, whatever. So... That actually occurred in this house. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, when he wrote that song, was visiting Mount Boris and was in the room and was looking around and was like, oh, shit, like, I'm gonna write this song. So that's pretty cool. That kind of gave me a little, little chills. Like, that's right? actually pretty cool. Yeah. It's super nice. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan <laughs> of that play. It's great. <laughs> so on October 21st, uh, Washington's last day. Uh, He actually was forced to retreat to White Plains, New York, and for the remainder of the war, the house was used as a headquarters for both British and uh, Hessian armies, which um, the Hessians were German, like, mercenaries, basically. Oh. Yeah, German mercenaries. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, yeah, the British hired German mercenaries to come in and help them fight, just like we were like, hey, the French, you want to come help us win? That makes sense, because so. I was like, why did, if yeah. it was just the French versus the U.S., and then versus, like, I was like, why did they yeah. win sooner? But then now it makes more sense. That, yep. Okay. All right, cool. Yep. Yep. They made a treaty with some uh, some parts of Germany, and uh, here we are. That was why it was much harder. And also, the, the British were already stretched pretty thin, because they had a lot of other colonies that were revolting at the same time. <laughs> so... Yeah, that, that sucks when you have like 200 colonies that you're trying to rope yep. in. It must be so terrible. Ha 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 ha. That's that economic structure. So after the war, the estate was actually confiscated under the forfeiture laws by the state of New York and then was sold to cover the war debts. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, why not, you know? Fuck off. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you have to pay for the war, and it was a British officer's house. So, I mean, like, I get it, oh. you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, I get sense. it. Yeah. So, so, at that point, the house was actually used as a tavern for a short period of time and hosted a dinner party for President George Washington, his cabinet secretaries, and all their spouses on July 10th, 1790. That's so, cool. Yeah, right? It was it was kind of like a cool, like, symbolic thing because that was Washington's first victory. So everybody's like, woo, this is great. Great party. Unfortunately, soon after that, the tavern actually became unsuccessful and the house was once again abandoned. Damn. So we fast forward from 1790 to 1810. So at eight, in 1810, Eliza and Stefan Jamel. So anybody who's listened to Hamilton is here's Eliza and is going to flip their shit. So... Eliza and Stephen Jamel purchased Mount Morris and all of its farmlands and began remodeling and altering the house in 1810. Stephen was actually a merchant from the south of France who had immigrated to New York, met and married Eliza Bowen in New York. So there's a couple of different like stories about how Eliza grew up. So she was poor in all of them, like very poor. Uh, She's from Rhode Island. 
one story is just that she was poor and like her mom was a servant and she lived in the servants quarters and would like help her mom be a servant or like serve herself. Another version of that story is that they were so poor, the serving didn't cover everything. So her mom had to be a prostitute to bring in the kind of money that they needed to do stuff. Um, Yikes. That one's not like well documented. So I don't think that that one's true. But I wanted to throw that in there just as an option. So either way, Eliza met Stephen at a theater house where she worked as an extra and it was a, a well-known place for like young up-and-coming women to meet really rich dudes like mm. that was just common there uh-huh. so eliza was a very intelligent woman like she taught herself to read she would read any and every kind of book that she could and worked worked pretty hard at like becoming a well-read person mm-hmm. so they ended up getting married And she was a really shrewd businesswoman, like it turns out. So Stephen didn't really care too much about his business. Like they started to fail a little bit and he kind of pulled back and didn't really care. And Eliza was like, oh, no, took over, started turning profits. She applied herself like to the real estate trade. She would buy and sell land and like rent properties downtown. And she it. She became so well-versed in how to do everything that her husband actually went back to France a couple of times and left her there, and she ran the business by herself. Whoa. In 1810. That's impressive. That's yes. super dope. That's a big deal. So, do-do-do. Lost my place in my notes. I got so excited about a woman <laughs> doing things in the 1800s. <laughs> So, okay, so she made like a lot of profits for the family and actually made herself one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest women in New York after Stephen passed away in 1832. So they were only married for like 20 years because. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Oof. So he actually died at the age of 67 in the house. So here's another situation where there's two options for the story here. Uh-huh. So one version is that he died of pneumonia after complications of a carriage accident. You know, that one's, that one's pretty sad, but here we are. The other option is that he fell off of a cart, like a hay cart, onto a pitchfork. Ow! Right. So the doctor came and saw him and was like, all right, I'm going to bandage you up. Hopefully the bleeding will stop and you'll be good. Um, That night, apparently, uh, he was in bed and Eliza saying, I'm helping, took his bandage off and let him bleed to death. Whoa. Yeah. So there's the two versions of that story. I don't know what the official death is, but those, those are your options. So a medium actually visited the house and after speaking with Stephen's spirit, confirms that that is what happened to him that she took his bandages off and then he wasn't dead and she buried him alive in the basement so <laughs> so oh, sorry, i think my eyes almost came out of my fucking head yeah it took a turn for the worse is what Why? i'm saying here <laughs> she didn't she was not happy i guess uh she wanted okay. him to go uh, I, 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 <laughs> like go bitch like really like fucking right. kicked him Right. I, I think that he was like 20 years her senior too. So she oh. was she was still like young and feisty and he was getting he's getting a little, little aged. Old and decrepit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Here we are. So here here enters another person from our history and also Hamilton. So Eliza actually remarried on July 1st, 1833. 
to none other than former Vice President Aaron Burr. Do you know who, who that he, is? Who was he the Vice President to? I don't know Vice President. Oh, I really know, uh, know President. Jefferson, I think. Madison. Madison, I think. Um, James Madison, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, is that final answer? That's my final answer is James Madison. Because Madison, I think, was only a one-term president, and Burr and Madison were pretty close. Thomas Jefferson. Shit, it was Jefferson. Damn it. Oh, well. <laughs> Alas, here we are. That's it's fine. okay. It's fine. So they got married in the front room of the mansion. So, like, they got married in her house. Oh, okay. Mm. So it's actually speculated that she wanted to elevate her status by marrying a vice president. And even though nobody liked Aaron Burr, he was still, like, a respected dude, kind of, you know? Right. Um, Burr, on the other hand, is more than likely only married her because he wanted access to her fortune because he was very far in debt. So after mismanaging some of her liquid assets, paying off his debt, doing what he needed to do for himself... She got mad, and they separated. It was for like four months in. Wow. So, yeah, she was like, no, 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 you just married me for my money. Get out of here. As you should, queen. Yes, right. leave his ass. Right. So she sued for a divorce. And when Aaron Bird died four years later on September 14th, 1836, is when the divorce was actually finalized. So that legal battle took a hot minute because you couldn't just divorce somebody real fast in the 1800s. So no. here we are. Really fun fact, she was represented in court by none other than Alexander Hamilton Jr., son of Alexander Hamilton, who Burr shot and killed in a duel. Oh, <laughs> that was the reason nobody liked him was because Aaron Burr shot and killed him in a duel. Like both of them were assholes, but they hated each other so bad. And it here we are. That sucks. So, yeah. Good time. Good time. After Burr's death. She actually, like, Eliza continued to call herself the widow of the former vice president. Oh, my God. Even though she divorced him, she was still using him as a status symbol. So that's fun, right? That's, that's always that's, good. I guess. Go for it. <laughs> do what you got to do. Ah. So uh. <laughs> Eliza herself was the longest resident of Mount Morris. And after her death in 1865 at the age of 90, of dementia, no less. Whoa. She lived long enough in the 1800s to have dementia. Like, oh, wow. So she, she was healthy as a horse, I guess. Healthier? <laughs> so when she passed away, control over the house and her estates was actually contested in court for 17 years. So, Jesus. She she, no she left. She did. She had kids she, or she had stepchildren. She had grandkids, like the whole nine yards, right? Oh, uh, okay. But she left the house and a large portion or she left a large portion of the estate to a local church and to other charities in the area instead of to her relatives. Like she gave them some, but not as much as she gave to the churches and to charities. So right. they thought... Oh, no, 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 no. Her mind was failing. Like, give us give us the stuff. Like, she didn't mean to do that. She wouldn't have if she was in her right mind. So the legal battle literally took almost two decades. Damn. Yeah. Woo. So by the 1880s, we've kind of fast forwarded a bit. Most of the mansion land had actually been sold off to the city as it expanded. And fashionable townhouses like rose around it. Mm -hmm. And then by the early 1900s, the city of New York purchased the house and its surrounding two acres, so it's only on two now, from Ferdinand and Lily Earle, who were the current owners at the time, who cited relations to the original Morris family. 
So that's how they bought the house and got the house. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. So I had to actually look these people up. So four local chapters of the Daughters of the American Revolution formed the Washington Headquarters Association, and the mansion was turned into a historic district or historic house dedicated to Washington and the Revolutionary War. Mm -hmm. That is something that I find particularly interesting because the Daughters of the American Revolution is a women's service society that is like dedicated to promoting historic preservation, education, patriotism, and honoring the patriots of the Revolutionary War. Okay. I I think it's really interesting that those women chose to call this house the Washington Headquarters instead of calling it the Morris Mansion or the Jamel Mansion when Washington was only there for a very short period of time. Like, Aaron Burr lived in the house longer than Washington was in the house. Eliza lived there the longest. And she was like a an integral part of building up New York City as a city, but but instead they decided to call it the Washington headquarters. I just found that really interesting. Yeah, he was only there. He wasn't even there for a month. Yeah, exactly. So I just find that a little strange. I don't really like that. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. That just that uh, washes over the fact of that woman mm-hmm. did a lot. Yeah, and a lot of the history in the place, because Washington wasn't there for very long. Like, some very important things happened there, but... A little over a month, excuse me. Yeah. He was there uh, a fine. little over a month. You're fine. Not even then. a s- super long time. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. So by the 1940s, the neighborhood developed into a vibrant home uh, to many artists and celebrities from the Harlem Renaissance, including Paul Robeson, Jackie Robinson... Uh, Thurgood Marshall and Duke Ellington, who once referred, Duke Ellington once referred to the Morris Jamel Mansion as the jewel in the crown of Sugar Hill. So, like, Sugar Hill? It's part of Harlem. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, So the mansion held particular symbolism for actor, singer, and activist Paul Robeson, who said, quote, I am an American. From my window, I gaze out upon a scene that reminds me how deep going are the roots of my people in this land. Across the street, carefully preserved as a historic shrine, is a colonial mansion that served as a headquarters for General George Washington in 1776. Among those who came to offer help in the desperate hour was my great-great-grandfather. He was Cyrus Bustle, who was born a slave in New Jersey and had managed to purchase his freedom. He became a banker, and it is recorded that George Washington thanked him for supplying bread to the starving Revolutionary Army. Oh, wow. I think that's pretty fucking cool. I think that's pretty fucking neat. Right? Neato. That kind of stuff makes me happy. So my last point about, or my last history point about this place is that today the mansion and its neighborhood buildings are part of the Jamel Terrace Historic District. And because of this, the immediate neighborhood has changed very little since the beginning of the 20th century. The Landmarks Preservation Commission designated the Morris Jamal Mansion as an individual landmark in 1967 and an interior landmark landmark in 1975, and the mansion was listed in the National Register of Historic Places in 1966. So very Word. important, very historical. So, so did the name change um, rather than calling it Washington Headquarters back to uh, Morris Jamal? Jamel Mansion? Yes. So the DEA, DAE, Daughters of the American Revolution. D-A-R. D-A-R, whatever. DAR. (laughs) The 
those ladies call it the the Washington place, but everybody else recognizes it as its like own historical place, uh, okay. j- and just call it the Morris Jamal Mansion. Okay. So. All right. Tell me. Tell me the spookings. Now we're on to the spookings. So, in 1810, when Stephen Jamal purchased the house, right? Because remember, he was the second owner. Right. He actually got two thousand dollars knocked off of the price because even then it was haunted. What? <laughs> so he okay, negotiated. First off, first sure. off, two grand in eighteen ten yes. <laughs> is so much fucking money, and for yeah. that much money to be knocked off because it was haunted. Yeah. What the fuck? Okay. I know. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So I think that's just really that's a, like a lesser known fact, but that definitely happened, which is so funny to me. So. From the rooms, like, there's going to be sounds in the rooms where no one's in it. Uh, That's really common. Um, People have heard loud bootsteps that they assume was, like, Washington or one of the other founders walking around while they discuss tactics for the war and also tactics for the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is singing in rooms, like, from rooms, that when you enter, the singing immediately stops and an adjacent door will, like, crack open like somebody's trying to slip out of the room so you don't see them. That's gross. That's fucking weird. This is my personal favorite. Uh, shadows will stare at you while you sleep. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Got him. <laughs> Jesus. Windows will open and close by themselves. Um, th- this guy, this guy, this guy. Okay. So there's a soldier... During the Revolutionary War, I think he was um, one of the German missionaries. Uh, he got drunk and fell down the stairs to his death. Um, his spir- <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but... <laughs> his spirit has been seen staring at you from the top of the stairs, marching up and down the stairs, or just standing on the stairs looking at you. So that's cool. He yeah. also will step out of paintings... He likes to walk out of paintings at people. He'll also walk out of windows. If you look at the window and see his reflection, he'll step out of the window and either just stand there, like, pretending he doesn't see you. Just like, oh, I'm out of the window now. What do I do? Or he'll, like, reach for you or he'll charge at you. Just depending on what he's feeling. That is the most fucked up thing (laughs) I have ever fucking heard a ghost do. (laughs) That guy's an asshole. Hands down, the biggest shit bag thing oh my yeah. god yep yep uh okay. there was there was actually a history teacher who visited the house and he was so excited to be here he ran all the way up to the top floor and w- wanted to like see it from the top to bottom like floor by floor he gets to a painting of like like just a painting and this revolutionary soldier steps out of the painting and this guy just faints like just yep. dead out He's done. <gasps> oh, oh, I want to I pass the fuck out, too. Oh, my God. Right. So Eliza's stepdaughter um, went so far as to refuse to stay in the house ever. She was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. Absolutely not. Because she saw this guy reach out of a painting to try and grab her arm. So, like, he leans out and is like, give me. <laughs> like a true ghost. Like a true <laughs> fucking ghost. Comes out asshole. of the walls. Comes Like, that's the shit oh. I, like, would, like, in, like, Luigi's Haunted Mansion. That's the <laughs> really shit that is, I would yeah. expect. What the fuck? That guy's an asshole. Oh, my shit. So, uh, the next spirit 
is an apparition of a young servant girl that's in distress on the very top floor, which would have been the servants' quarters. So she can be seen wailing in the hallways, or this one's pretty bad, uh, jumping out of the upper windows. Um, she was actually, she was heartbroken because she was romantically involved with a member of the family and it turned sour. So she will yell and scream in some of the rooms and like, like, help me, help me, like, please help me. And you go into the room and then the screaming immediately stops. Just there, there's no one there and it just stops. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. She will pace around in the bedrooms, and if you're by yourself and she sees you in a room by yourself, she'll lock you in. Bitch! <laughs> Isn't that mean? Oh my- That's fucking rude. <laughs> That's so rude. So after the museum closes at night, she'll also clean. Like, anything that's not cleaned up, she'll tidy it. Okay. Yeah. That's so. fine. It she can uh, Two men can be heard arguing in the basement, and it's assumed that it's Stephen Jamel and Aaron Burr. Probably arguing over Eliza or <laughs> arguing over how awful she is, depending on your view. <laughs> <laughs> there was a teacher who visited because, I mean, you know, like it's a historical place. And when there's schools around, teachers are like, we're going to go see the history. So that's yeah. what they did. Um, another teacher was there with his students and was like wandering around looking while his kids were on the tour. And he had a heart condition. He saw an apparition and had a heart attack and died. Yeah. Uh, when telling that particular story, anybody from the museum is like, ghosts are not bad. It's just sometimes you get a little scared. So if you have a heart condition, please don't come. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. He fucking died. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. That sucks. Yeah, that's bad. Woo. Okay. Ooh, good time. So the ghosts here have obviously been around for a very long time. Um, Eliza herself would talk about the things that she would see and hear around the house, like pretty often. Um, It got worse once her family moved out of the house. Um, It was just her and the house. Her. (laughs) Right. It was just her. And she was obviously getting older and she was getting her dementia. So like, that's why people are like, oh, maybe it was just her being older. It might not have been ghosts. But of course, now people are like, ah, oh, it's definitely ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So uh, Chris uh, Davalos, I hope I said your name right, sir. I'm so sorry. Uh, he's uh, the director of visitor services at the museum. So he was at the mansion one evening after closing, and he and a coworker were just chit-chatting, like finishing everything up. And they hear noises coming from the basement. And they're like, nobody should be here. What's going on? So they go toward the basement, and they hear two female voices laughing and talking. Like, they can't make out the words, but they can tell somebody's talking. And then they hear one of the tables being moved. So they go downstairs and they see that one of the tables had been shifted from where it normally sat to another position. And he described that moment as really intense, like having heard two disembodied voices and a physical object moving at the same time, like spooky, right? Yes. Uh, It's speculated that the basement, which once had a working kitchen with like a large scale wood burning stove, would have been where at least four documented slaves worked long days and nights in the mansion in the early days. So that's probably what they heard. Ooh, So Eliza herself has been seen wandering the halls. So she was known to wear like this really regal purple dress because, I mean, you know, if you're important, you're going to wear purple. Mm -hmm. So she'll walk around and like knock on the walls 
or knock on windows when people are near, just try to, like, scare them. Yes, you know, why not? Right. Uh, she's also been seen wandering around the grounds in a white dress. So not her normal purple, but her white dress. Um, and something that I I only got the description of producing spine chilling noises. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that screams, wails, what? Pro- prob- probably in her dementia days, mm. just moaning and shit. Yeah, that could be it. That's probably what it was. Fair. So... Here we are. And then this is like the most famous story that everybody talks about. Saved it for last. So it happened middle of the day in the 1960s. Everything's a normal day. You know, your teachers had taken some kids because, you know, this place has been a historical site since 1904. So they were like, you know, we're going to go take a field trip. Like, look at this old house. It's going to be fun. So everybody was waiting outside for the tour to begin, and the kids are, like, running around and screaming, like, having a good old time, trying to work their energy out before they have to, like, mm-hmm. be quiet and listen to somebody. And a woman in full period clothing, like, steps out on the balcony, leans over and yells, be quiet or go home. Everybody just doesn't really pay any attention to her because they're like, oh, she's dressed funny. She's probably just an actor, like, to enhance our experience or whatever. Right. So... <laughs> So then the tour begins and they go upstairs and they're like right next to the balcony and on the second floor and they see like this large portrait of Eliza Jamel and the kids are like, hey, that's the lady that told us to be quiet. Where is she? Is she part of the tour? And the curator, Mrs. C is how how she's referred to. Um, She says, what are you what are you talking about? No, that's that's Eliza Jamel. She's been dead for almost 100 years. What do you mean? And they're like, that's the lady. That's the lady that yelled. That's the lady who told us to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yes. So that's fun. Wow. There's also been just just other stuff that I didn't write down. Um, There's EVPs that you'll hear um, moaning. You'll hear like yelling. You'll hear like deep men talking, assuming about the, you know, Declaration of Independence, so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. There's also one where, like, they've caught an EVP of a man saying, don't take those off, talking, assuming talking about the bandages. Stephen <gasps> Jamel talking about the bandages. Oh, um, my God. Uh-huh. Or him saying, stop, that hurts. So those those are pretty gross. And I wanted to throw those in there. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. This that's place, so man. fucked up. Yeah. So that's the Morris Jamel Mansion. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk ghost story. Ooh, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. I thought it worked with the time of year pretty well. Yeah, it, it, I think so. it's suiting. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. 100%. Woo. Beautiful. Okay. Cool. That's all I got. Great. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks yeah, for absolutely. coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what do I say? Um, oh if you want to check us out there you go oh, every fucking time we'll uh, be sure be sure to head on over to our website at www.hauntheartbarrelynoher.com we have a contact page where you can submit um story Stories. suggestions yeah. yes we we got one and i will get there in a couple of episodes um i'm so excited we, we yeah we sometimes have our episodes planned so we have plans first the next episode is supposed to be really fucking good um it's gonna be great. so also, if you have some stories for us and would like to hear us read your story on our podcast, please be sure to email them to us. Yes, our please. Emails every, our emails everywhere. Um, it's just the full podcast name at gmail.com. Yes. Also, you can check us out on our Instagram or social media, Instagram, Twitter at 
H-H-I-B-K-H podcast. I slept like shit last night. If we you- can tell. <laughs> if, fuck off if you go on instagram you'll get me if you go on uh twitter you'll get zoe Hi. um yeah okay i'm gonna go take a nap from okay. my sleep I sorry sleep. my dog's screaming in the background i can also. i can hear him a little and bit whining and crying he yeah. he's go outside he's go okay. pee okay um that's cool until next time haunt her i barely know her or the the barn barn place <laughs> <laughs>